the volume. Jenkins and Jones is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Welcome to Jenkins and Jones on the Volume Podcast Network. We've got a, uh, a little bit different episode, special episode today. Uh, John and Tyler and I joined Colin Cowherd over on his podcast. Hopped on there after the All-Star Game to talk about the game, dunk contest, everything else, NBA and Twitter. So uh, take a listen. Enjoy. They've turned Twitter into an art form, well-versed in everything from the NBA, music, monsters of the deep, philosophy, and we're so damn happy to have them at the volume. We found them. I was nine months ago as I started this project. I called up a friend of mine, and I said, I want something totally different. I want something that I, I, I don't know about, but they're new and fun and outspoken and smart and knowledgeable. And he said, I want you to listen to Jenkins and Jones. And so I fished it down on the internet, and 10 minutes later I called them and I said, shit, we got to get these guys. And we are happy to introduce them, uh, LeJethro Jenkins, Dragonfly Jones, and Gardy B. First of all, are those your government names? You think my mom would name me LeJethro? You think my mom doesn't love me? You know, I'm not taking this personally right now. Hell no. <laughs> so every kind of brand is built on something. Apple's about uh, uh, innovation, Michael Jordan competitiveness. LeBron's like, he can adapt to anything. Every brand has a different feel. So when you created your podcast, what was the goal? What was what did you want it to be? I don't really think we even thought about this much. I just think we didn't want to talk about things we didn't give a fuck about. You know what I mean? We just wanted to <laughs> be able to be ourselves in our conversations. You know what I mean? I think our superpower is like relatability. Like, we are so regular. What you get on the podcast, you're going to get that in real life. You know what I mean? Like, we were sweating, arguing about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in our group chat before you took it to the pod. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so we're talking about brine, peanut butter and jelly, rat versus squirrel, whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? This is who we are. You're going to really get that. You know, we are ourselves on camera or on a, on what is this, radio, podcast, whatever you want to call it. When you, you know, you guys just kind of go and you don't have, <laughs> like, it's, again, you guys kind of all riff when you do it. And um, do one of you, one of you consider yourself a lead, the relationship between all of you, Gardy, you kind of feel like sometimes you're making sure the thing doesn't go off the rails. <laughs> I'm a, I'm like, a, I'm, I'm a pass first point guard, Colin. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, like I have two shooters that average 37 points a game. So my, my job is to get the ball up at half court without uh, turning it over and find someone open on the wing. You know, I, I, I wouldn't say you're better I'm than Eric there. snow. You're better than Eric snow. That's what we talk about right now. Dog. I'm Come Lonzo. On, I'm Lonzo. Come there we go. Me. There we go. You know there what we I mean? Go. Like I'll pull some rebounds down occasionally but <laughs> well, it, it, you know when you guys are well known um LeBron, as lebron guys and i always think of myself as i always love lebron i just think he he's the great evolver he just he was doing threes 12 years ago and you know it's like the league he was into analytics before the league was doing it mm -hmm. but i'm interested and and dragonfly we can start with you your thought on how does durant is Durant copying LeBron? Like, it's like LeBron moves, and then, oh, and then KD goes to Golden State. And then LeBron moves, 
and KD goes to Brooklyn. Do you feel, and we know he's sensitive. We know the burner accounts. He's got an Aaron Rodgers thing where his feelings get hurt. He's very, he can be passive aggressive. Dragonfly, start with you. Do, do you feel he's copy? I mean, I kind of feel a little bit like he, in a weird way, LeBron is sort of his like spirit animal of basketball. He's just kind of watching LeBron carve out his career and following it. Um, I don't, I don't think that KD is necessarily following LeBron. I think that LeBron has shifted the whole landscape of the NBA as far as player empowerment goes. I think KD is just a guy who everyone wants to play with. So that's why, you know, we're seeing the flocking. It's kind of like the whole league is following Bron on that though. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, 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 but Kevin Durant has said that, you know, LeBron was the one guy who he's always been chasing too. So there's always that to factor in, but I mean, I don't think that, KD is necessarily making these moves to get in LeBron's way. I think that LeBron's way is the way to a ring. So you know what I mean? Like, like, like I don't, I don't necessarily think it's a personal vendetta type thing going on. Do you, do you respect KD? Yes. But see, the thing about, the thing about KD is I think KD truly does not give a fuck about what we think about him. And I say that because even when he was doing like his burner activity, if you always looked at it, he was always defending his move to go to state. He was never defending himself as a Hoover. Right. Never defending himself as no, KD's actually a cool guy. It was just how can you blame him for leaving the situation for a better situation? Right. That was all that KD's burner account was about. I don't think anybody yeah. has ever had it. Like, I don't has he had to like defend himself as a hooper. I don't think I you think can he's really just, question he KD as a hooper. KD, KD, KD has never been like, oh, y'all sleeping on KD. KD is nice. Now he's like, how can you blame me for going to go I mean, to state? That was I'm saying KD has I'm never crazy. had to defend himself to me as a hooper. Like KD like is. If like I, I've always said this, if God made a hooper, it's Kevin Durant. You know what I mean? If right. like y'all want a hooper, here's a hooper. I don't think he's had to defend himself in that way. It's it's the decision that people have been questioning, not whether he's good or not. That's why everybody's so mad because he's so good. And then he went to the Warriors. You know what I mean? I think it's funny though. I've said this for years. A baseball player can go to the Yankees, and it's just a money grab. Yeah. CC Sabathia didn't even want to go. He just wanted the money. He, he literally didn't want to go. And a football player can just go Odell Beckham, you know, like, no, he got, I think he got traded, but I've seen yeah. guys, we know guys that have just gone for the money. I think at one point, Mike Wallace was a Steeler receiver, went to the horrible Dolphins. It was a money grab. I didn't have a problem with it. But if an NBA guy goes, oh my God, people freak out. And I'm like, who wants to go on 41 road trips a year with a shitty team? What's a terrible life? It's a winter <laughs> league. You get in at three in the morning. It's horrible. Have you ever, if you guys ever thought less about a player that did leave? Like, I don't understand why Bradley Beal just doesn't move. I, I, I've been saying this for five years. I think he's the most underrated, <laughs> under-talked about guy in the league. And I know LeBron loves him. I know for a fact LeBron is a huge fan. But have you ever, have you, has there ever been a guy in the league that left and went somewhere and you thought, oh, that's kind of a sellout, a little bit of a sellout? I mean, I was mad at the KD decision, but I understood it. He's leaving middle America, go to the West Coast, better weather to it. He's doing less work and getting, you know, uh, better results. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you, if your buddy did the same thing, you're congratulating him, right? You know what oh, I mean? Right. I look at it that way. All like, on this podcast have made a business move similar to that. Like, I'm going to go to a better situation for better money where the job right. is and more fun, right? Like, right, it's right, an easy right. decision to defend. It just as a basketball fan, it changed things to where it was a little less exciting. <laughs> but you, we've all done that. I think 40% of America... This is, a, this is a stat that's staggering. Never leaves their area code. Think about that in it's America. Fact for real. 
40 percent of America never leaves 20 miles from their home. So you guys, we all look at mobility different. I just look at it like, go. What are you right. crazy? If I was a pro athlete, I'd be bouncing all over the place. <laughs> right. But half of America doesn't think like that. They're they're literally. So I, I kind of look at it like, you know, with Joy Taylor and I, we always joke about it. I'm like, I can't even imagine like growing up in a town and going on the air on that town and never considered better weather or moving. I don't even yeah, understand yeah. it. But then I come across as some like coastal elite and I'm like, I just chase the commerce. <laughs> Wherever the commerce was, I went. I mean, seriously. What, Wherever what, the money, money at, you, you know, you know what I mean. Like <laughs> where the money reside, that's where you at. You feel me? I respect it. <laughs> I don't even understand the argument. I don't understand the counter argument to that. Right, right, so, right, right. Um, you know, it, it's <clears throat> um, all right for my audience listening. I found these guys about eight months ago. I was putting together the podcast network, and um, so people dropping in on the podcast today, and I told Michael Klein. Uh, was a guy I'd just been introduced to. I said I wanted to create a podcast network with about eight podcasters. I just wanted different, passionate, make me laugh. And so these guys, was, he was told me, he goes, you got to listen to this. So I went and found him, listen. I called back and I'm like, boom. This is, this is exactly what I want for my podcast network. I want to find eight of this. So let me, let me turn it on you. When you guys got a call, because I'm like, to you guys, I'm an old head. Like, I, I mean, come on, man, I'm at like 50. So when you guys, when you heard, hey, he's doing a podcast network, be honest with me. What was your first thought? Where the money reside. Like, you chasing the commerce, <laughs> we're, on the same, we're on the same page, you feel me? I didn't leave St. Louis, my whole family, to come to L.A., you know what I mean? <laughs> like, if, if the money wasn't there, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, but, I mean, it was, it was, a, that was a great opportunity. But yeah, I mean, that's what we was, yeah, that's what we were on. That's what I was on. Because Nick, Nick, Nick Wright knew you, Dragonfly. So Nick Wright, I told him, and he's like, you got to be kidding me. And I'm like, yeah, they're great. Have you heard them? It's, yeah, Nick's my guy, man. I was like, it's hysterical. It's so funny. It's so smart. It's so different. And I don't know how he got turned on to you. What, what do you make of all you guys, Dragonfly, we can start with you. Um, I always feel like, you get a gift. Like Tiger Woods was a gift to me. Mm. I, I, ten mm. years changed my viewing habits. Just a total gift in my life. I'm a sportscaster. Mm. I'm looking for goosebumps. That's all I care about. I want goosebumps. Mm. And I kind of feel like LeBron, it'd be a shame if I was born today and I didn't get to watch it. You just watch YouTube. You're like, you don't really understand the Golden yeah. State series. You don't really get it. When, when was the first time? Because remember, when he first came into the league, he he was not as finessey. He was not as clever. He was just a freight train. When mm -hmm. did you like go all in? When were you like, oh my god, this is this is probably the best player of all time? Game five, two thousand seven versus Detroit. That those twenty five straight. That, I was this was back before the social media days, so I was like calling all my friends, like, y'all see what LeBron is doing right now, and that was the moment where I was like, yeah, this guy is is, is he's he's one of those ones. 2007 versus Detroit, oh, yeah. game five. I remember that. W were you bothered, all you guys on this, were you bothered when he left Cleveland, the decision? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. You know what I mean? I mean, the opportunity for him to go to Miami, I thought he'd get a chip there. That's what I wanted. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted to see him with Wade and Bosch. I wanted to see him with, with players around him. You know, he was dragging bums for like the what? How, how long was it with, with Cleveland? What, six, seven? Seven. Seven years, you know what I mean? So 
I wanted to see him with some guys that have a chance to really win a chip, you know what I mean? And not some cute chip when he's a, at the head of the, of the the league with, you know, the best record, but there's no way he's winning a chip with those guys he had, you know what I mean? Okay. Oh, what, what's the, the best player on this team? I, I, I would just what? add, like, Bronzy, almost the exact same age as the three of us. So I, I was literally the, that 2007 that Tyler was talking about. That was the exact same moment for me. And I was at a house party with my friends because we were about to graduate college. Like, so we were all in this big house watching the game together. And everyone's going crazy. So it's my whole adult life that he entered the league <laughs> that we've been rooting for him. So when he went to Miami, that felt like, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. It felt like my friend going to getting a better business opportunity. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't just because I didn't care anything about the Cavaliers. It was just like, oh, look, he's going to go do this. And he made this team that's going to be really exciting to watch. What did you think he was a go? Yeah. Imagine, imagine being, imagine being upset at LeBron for what he did to the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> like, I, I, I cannot fathom that. That's just something that's not in me, man. All right, let's go around left or right. Uh, we'll start Lajothra with you. All-star game tonight. Your takeaway besides Steph being that's such a I, ridiculous. I mean, what else you want me to say? <laughs> what else you want me to say? Steph's a, he's a robot. Like, like, I thought it was going to be a tough year for Steph. I think we all kind of yeah. did. And I and I, and, and I think he's just, like, I, I've, I've been so impressed. I w- I've always been a fan of Steph, but I never really rooted for him because, like, the LeBron shit. I'm rooting for Steph, man. I love him. And, like, to see him play this way, I mean, it's I'm glad we're getting more Steph being Steph, even though KD left. I mean, this, he's been a blast. And, I mean, this all-star, he's automatic. Come on. When we talk about other than Steph. No, I – I feel he's the most disrespected star of my lifetime in any sport. Really? I don't. Again, he's loved. I don't, well, no, he's love. But you, you. I, act, I, I feel like I feel like so much of the disrespect for Steph comes from people who hate how much he is loved, though. You know what I mean? Okay. Like a lot of people just come at at Steph's stands like you're way too high on this guy. Like that's where a lot of stuff. We're comes we're talking well, like, to Steph's stands. We're not talking about Steph. Like we know Steph is great. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, but there's a lot. I've you've heard these players sometimes. Like, I I made the argument three years ago. If you'd have pulled players, they like Westbrook way more than Steph. And I was like, Westbrook's under six four and can't shoot. Like, I don't get it. Like, I, I don't get. Like, I just think because Steph's not physically imposing. You know, like alphas like alphas, and I think sometimes Steph is seen as kind of finesse. He's a little and aloof. cool. Yeah, he's a is, little is that aloof. A, I think yeah. But also, he's winning games, shooting 37-footers and sea-walking and shimming and on the whole league. I don't know if I necessarily like him as much if I was playing against him either when he's embarrassing me. And he's not just beating me. He's <laughs> yeah, embarrassing I mean, me in front of my family and friends. Right, right. The, the dude will put a three up and turn to the opposing team's bench before it drops and talk shit. So I can understand. The 12th man, why he might the 12th have man is getting shit talk. He hasn't right. seen the court. And Steph's staring him in his eyes at the end of three. I can see why they wouldn't mess with him. But, I mean, as a fan... The dude is a dog, yeah, and there's no way to dispute that. Jenkins and Jones is proud to be presented by FanDuel. Never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great! Exclamation point. FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Why do you play on FanDuel? Uh, FanDuel Fantasy is an easy app to use. That's why I use it. I like that you can pick a new team every game. And uh, I like competing for cash payouts because cash payouts are fun. FanDuel is offering new users a deposit match of up to $500 when you make your first deposit. Go to fanduel.com slash cowherd for more info. 
FanDuel.com slash Coward. FanDuel, more ways to win. Analytics are funny. Like, I'm, I'm a fan of analytics. I do think aesthetically I miss Zion style. I miss Barkley. I miss Zion. I miss Carl Malone. I like guys that create conflict. I aesthetically bullies. the league's a lot. Oh yeah, bully ball is beautiful, man. I, I love bully ball. I yes. like it too. I, I miss it. I like physical. I like listen, I like in baseball. I like play at the plate. In football, I love seeing guys lit up. And in basketball, I love guys going to the rim and just collision at the rim. I love it. Um, I think aesthetically, the league's a lot of threes. That's the reality of it. It's it's math. But I've always had this theory that I call it manalytics, not analytics. I like analytics. I get it. I'm not stupid. Yeah, yeah. But these are men. Don't turn them into code. Don't turn them into numbers. Like sometimes you just got to say to a dude, Dame, I, I don't care what you've done. Just take the game over. Four minutes left. Take it over. Or, or if if I said analytics, you buy it, you're into it, you're a little cynical. I had Daryl Morey on a couple of weeks ago, and he even acknowledged there are some analytics that he said you know, you can make arguments whether they win games. Like plus minus doesn't really mean anything. That's that's ridiculous. Analytics to you, fan or not, like old school, new school, where do you land on that? Who wants to go first? Um, I I absolutely do appreciate analytics appreciate analytics, but my problem with analytics is the problem I have with every other fan base, every other um, I guess the nomination of how they approach the game is where are you examining the eye with the examining the game with a critical eye? Or are you examining the game with a pessimistic eye? Right. Are you looking to 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 point out, you know, um, you know, things that can be improved, th- things where, where, where plays are struggling just out of good faith? Or are you doing it to kind of shit on the game? And are you not having fun at all with your and, an, you know, with, with, with the way you're analyzing things here? So I that's where I'm at with it. Like. You can tell when someone is criticizing shit and, and you know, they, they love the game and it's their passion. You can tell when someone's pointing out shit when, when they're shitting on someone. And <laughs> I can't rob When it's that. taken away from the beauty of the game, I'm not messing with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'll look at analytics and, 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 and find them delicious. I'm a finance major. I kind of like numbers. I'm geeky. You feel me? But, yeah. you know, when it's taken away from the beauty of the game, when, you know, from, from basketball, like, why? Like, when it, when it seems like you're not a fan of basketball anymore... You know what I mean? I don't. I don't. I don't want that. Like the the eye. The don't take away from the beauty of what of, of what basketball is. You know what I mean? I just think, but you have a hard time convincing me that like the Warriors teams at their peak, that that's not a more beautiful form of basketball than 85, 77. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 I, yeah. I do. Th- I do think there's always a balance of what the numbers say is the most efficient way to do things, and the sport as a product, right? As something that they have to draw people to. Uh, baseball's deadening the balls up this year because it's too much home runner strikeout, right? That's right. Uh, people criticize Floyd Mayweather for being too defensive. People criticize James Harden for no one wants to come and watch free throws. So I do, I mean, I think that's part of it. And I think that because American sports are so business driven, we don't talk about that in soccer. That's a concept on the global stage. If you win, but you play boring, everyone hates you. We don't give a shit if you <laughs> won, right? You didn't play the game right. We didn't yeah. want to watch it. And in America, it's like, well, they succeeded, so I'm not allowed to be mad at them. <laughs> but again, it's not like this is not a boardroom discussion. It's sports. You're doing it in your free time on a Saturday afternoon. So if someone wins, but it's boring, it's okay for you to hate it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I grew up with I grew up with Magic and the Lakers. And it was, you know, it was Kareem was unstoppable. You got guard, inside out basketball. 
but I don't think those guys were nearly as athletic. Like I, I, I just don't think they were. You know, I've always said this about Jordan's Bulls. They really weren't. It wasn't an offensive team. It's the best defensive team I've ever seen. It's the longest team. Like if you turn the lights off and put that Bulls team in with anybody except the Pistons, they'd come out. It was the <laughs> toughest team. I mean, Ron Harper was a badass. Dull. Rodman. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were all just yeah. like they. That was the tough. Now Detroit was different. Detroit's the scariest team. I mean, Detroit would just get after you. They were cheap, and and the Bulls were too talented to be cheap because they all made, you know most of them made good money. They were just too gifted. They were artists. They weren't going to screw guys up. Mm-hmm. Detroit didn't care because out, outside of Isaiah, they didn't have a ton of natural. You know, it was Mahorn and Lambeer, and it was like they all looked like tight ends. But I do think, I, I just I think I like conflict at the rim. That's why I love for for instance, I love Zion. Mm-hmm. I love Zion. I know he doesn't play defense. I know his mid-range game, mid-range game needs work. Your thoughts on Zion, guys? What do you see? What do you like? Dunk I mean, on everyone, man. <laughs> right, that, that that young man is getting twenty-five points per game, three feet away from 60% the rim. Like, I'm not sure field, if we really bro. need to work on anything at this stage. Just you know, but the thing is, the thing is, we really do not know how to evaluate players until the playoffs. Until you know, we get coaches who are you know uh, committed to scheming for seven straight games against guys like. Like we saw with Giannis, you know, phenomenal, two-time MVP, but in the playoffs, you know, there's a blueprint on him. Slow the game down. Take the full court away from him. Take the transition away from him. You know, um, make the game a half-court game and clog up the driving lanes. So we've got that scouting report on how to stop Giannis now. But, you know, guys like like Zion, who are two years in, I, I, I feel like, yo, keep doing what you're doing. That's getting you 25 a night, and then we'll, we'll work on the other shit, you know, as a, you know, when we get the time as, as a secondary option here. The question is, is anyone going to figure out how to stop him? I mean, like he wasn't, he's not just doing 25. Like he got, he got more than that on more than his average shooting against Rudy Gobert, mm-hmm. who's supposed to be the defensive yeah. center in the league. Right. I Punishes mean, Rudy regularly. He eats him. I mean, him Rudy's food. dog food. Right. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's the, that's the question. Giannis is it's easier to apply a team defense, but, no one's throwing three dudes at a center, you know, in the league anymore. And like Lonzo can make wide open three pointer. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I don't know that we'll see people really commit to stopping him like that. I don't think there's a really a blueprint for Giannis though. Like he just can't shoot free throws. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's, that's his big issue. If he shoots free throws, there's an absolutely no way you can stop the man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, that's how I feel about him, you know? Yeah. I, I always feel like, the greatest players I've ever seen in my life, you can't marginalize them. You couldn't Michael, you couldn't Kobe, you couldn't Magic, you couldn't really Bird, you can't LeBron. I feel like there's a way to defend Giannis. I don't think there was ever a way to defend Kobe. I, You know, for me, I look at Giannis and I'm like, I watched Kawhi a couple years ago. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the book. <laughs> I, I just, that I know, I know it's, it sounds ridiculous, but I watch him and I'm like, late in games, you, I just don't feel any. I don't trust Giannis late in game. Four minutes to go, I don't want him with the ball. Am I, is that too harsh? No, two years ago, he was hiding. You know what I mean? Middleton was the guy that had the ball in the end of the games. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, so, I mean, no, I don't think it's too harsh. I think he just needs to learn how to shoot free throws. He's not going to hide as much. But, I mean, you can't stop him getting to the lane. You know, Giannis doing Giannis things, that's unstoppable. But, I mean, if you if you can get a hand on him and follow him, you know, you, ne- you never know what you're going to get at the free throw line. You know what I'm saying? So, I think that's his big issue. He doesn't need to shoot threes. He's hit free throws, you know? All right, we do rapid fire. Now, for this brief segment, I'm going to call you by your real names. 
Okay, we're not we're not doing the band names here. Okay. <laughs> and uh, let's start with you, John. Rapid fire. Worst uniform in the NBA is. Miami City editions. Everybody loves them, but they're so <laughs> ugly to me. They're horrible. Bro. They're so I mean, it's too colorful. You're putting that on your body. I'm me? not putting it on my body. Personally? <laughs> yeah, you? If I make an NBA bet minimum, hell yeah. I know. I'm of course I'm putting anything on my body at that point. You know, I mean I'll put a dress on it. You pay me a million. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. I would not choose those jerseys. You feel me? <laughs> All right, Mike. If Jenkins and Jones were an NBA jam duo, they would be... Larry Johnson and Alonzo Mourning with the oh, starter wow. jackets. Oh, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That is so 90. My guy. We are, those <laughs> yeah. are like our golden years. That's fire, yeah, Mike. Totally I love it. Yeah. Tyler, the single best follow for you on Twitter is... Tyler Ryan. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Mike, the word that best describes your hometown of Long Beach is? Grimy. We're grimy, Colin. You know, we got we got drug dealers, we got rappers, we got millionaires and Olympic sailors. We got everything you want. We got <laughs> a lot of Crips, and a, a lot of Crips too. A lot of Crips, know, it's only a blue Crips. City. <laughs> a we blue got Rolling Twenties and we got <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. I mean, it's a, everything you want, City by the Sea. Yes, sir. Tyler, if you hosted my show, The Herd, tomorrow on Fox Sports 1, your opening monologue would be... How Steph is like the prototypical, perfect all-star game player. Like, I was watching him play play um, Sunday night, and I was like, this dude is the perfect all-star game guy. Ridiculous handles, ridiculous range, can pass his ass off. Like, that's everything you want in someone who's going to show out in an all-star game. And that was, like, my big takeaway from that game. Like, Steph is fucking perfect for this. Um, Mike, the animal that would get absolutely owned in the animal combine is... A human being. <laughs> <laughs> Dead last sure. in everything except math. <laughs> I have a 20-pound cat named Pablo who would not succeed at anything, Colin. I, I'll put Pablo as the, the last place sub-Tom Brady combine performer. <laughs> well, we, we love having you on. I appreciate you guys coming on late. This airs obviously Monday uh, morning. It's for you guys. It's now you are – you guys, one of you is out east – one's yeah, in Long Beach. One's in Big Bear right now, right? Yeah, that's me. Big Bear. Mike, where are you? I'm in Long Beach, and then Tyler's in uh, Richmond, Virginia. So we're both hometown boys. Oh. You were talking about the zip codes. You know what I mean? We, yeah. we travel. We do get around. But Tyler and I are both uh, holding it down for yeah, Richmond and Long Beach. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, guys. We feel – we really do. We feel so lucky to have you. Uh, I wanted to bring you on and kind of introduce you to people that listen to our show or my show. I've been doing this for 30 years. I think you're great. I think you're smart. You're funny. You know your stuff. You're totally passionate. Uh, I just feel we're just totally lucky. It was funny when I called you. When I when I called Michael, I said, Michael, these these guys are great. I said, do you think they would like take the call? Like like I'm an old head. Like I'm not sure <laughs> these guys would be like cowherd. Oh God, <laughs> Jesus hell. We're internet so, old though. We're <laughs> internet olds, I would say, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. If you're not 24 on the internet, you're old. So yes, yeah. we are. We're, we're, we're all the same old out here, Colin. You know <laughs> right, what I mean? Right, we, yeah. we get called old by everyone who follows us too. So it's all good. <laughs> Guys, I appreciate it. Um 
I'm going to keep retweeting all your stuff. Just watch at the volume sports, Twitter and Instagram. They're going to be all over it for the next couple of years, hopefully longer. And I appreciate it guys. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, man. All right, man. All right. That was our special episode with Colin Cowherd. Stay tuned for the next episode of Jenkins and Jones coming on Thursday.